was an adult. Matter of fact, I actually got to assist in baptizing them. A glorious day. Amen, exactly. Uh, of course, they heathens, I mean, they produced this. <laughs> if you weren't there this morning, I have to um, confess that I'm a little ornery. It's okay. Uh, I want to start, though, first of all, is I want to honor our veterans. So if you are currently serving or at some point in your life you wore the nation's cloth, uh, would you please stand? I wish I could see the folks in the other room. Thank you, gentlemen. I know it's going to be very dangerous because, you know, speaking to one of them that was a corpsman, and corpsman is a fancy way of saying doc, uh, I was going to really start into the Go Army Beat Navy, but I'm really going to get hurt if I go down that path. <laughs> one other thing I want to do is because um, the sacrifice of serving in the military goes beyond the individual in uniform. The sacrifice goes to the family. Uh, I could go on and on for the next hours upon hours, or better yet, let Robin talk about the sacrifices that she and the kids have made uh, while I serve the nation. So with that in mind, if you are a family member that uh, somebody in your family that wore the nation's cloth, that was in uniform, would you please stand? Thank you all. I want you all to understand that everybody who just stood up has just acknowledged and confessed that they're a little messed up. <laughs> it's okay. All right, as long as you can accept that. And I wholeheartedly embrace that reality that I am completely messed up person. I've, I've, matter of fact, I even told my kids that we're going to mess you up. We'll pay for the counseling when it's, ha when it's ready. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, that's a part of serving in the military. It does some things to us. And before I even get started further than that, okay, I've got this thing all messed up somehow. There we go. I, I, I move too much, so I think I'm messing up the poor guys up there trying to keep me straight. Um, I have to give a disclaimer, all right? I get to wear the nation's cloth, this, this wonderful new uniform, new old uniform. I love it. Uh, this is a nod to, you saw some of them up here, uh, the greatest generation back in World War II. We've, you know, gone all the way full circle, uh, and, and I feel like, you know, I, I feel like Eisenhower up here. This is awesome. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Exactly. Um, but I have to give my disclaimer is that even if I'm wearing the nation's cloth, I do not speak for the United States government. I do not speak for the United States Army. I don't even speak for the Army Chief of Chaplains. Uh, I get to speak for Billy Graham, all right? Uh, I am here uh, because I'm home, all right? And, and it's great to be home, let me tell you that. Uh, it is full circle, and you're talking about baptism, is that right there, Robin and I uh, were baptized. Uh, pretty exciting. Uh, I was in a cast and about drowned my poor wife. It was a glorious day. Um, <laughs> But we got her done, all right? Um, 
The last time I was here, I introduced a concept, at least a term that we like using in the military. And I'm probably going to have Sean, I should have asked him before time, to kind of translate it for me. Because, you know, every generation comes up with terminology to express themselves. You know, I, I'm actually a 60s kid, and I hope when I'm 74, I got that energy. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, but back in our day, when something was really hard or bad or yucky, we said it sucked, right? Okay, all you guys are gray hair. You can embrace that, right? And I introduced a concept that we in the military uh, often will use. And we will say, embrace the suck. Because serving in the military, it sucks. All right? And I say that with a smile on my face. All right? It is sacrificial. It is hard. We give up so you don't have to. We will do the hard things so you don't have to. We will go to strange and weird places around the world and engage strange and weird people so you don't have to. And Tristan, even, in, even doing the music here, it was fan, fantastic. Because uh, I remember sitting in a, in a church 10 times as thousands of Koreans. And Robin and I are the only ones singing in English. <laughs> because I, entered, I, I knew the tune. I'm like, oh, I know this song. Thousands of Koreans praising the Lord in Korean. It's awesome. But we do those strange things, and we embrace that suck so you don't have to. Today, I, I want to you know, enter into the scriptures, and I will do my best not to use acronyms, because I know that it confuses everyone, because the army doesn't speak English. They speak another language, and unless you're indoctrinated into that language, you're not going to understand what word I'm talking about. I will do my utmost to try to speak English. But I want to allude to some things that will be familiar to some of our veterans, and I want to be able to do that to introduce the rest of you to some of what it means to serve in the military. And I believe, no, I'm positive, that this text even if you've never served in the U.S. military, that if you're in the Lord's army, you will absolutely understand, and you will get. I hope to encourage you, but more importantly, I hope to... Hmm, here's a military term. Light a fire under your four-point of contact <laughs> to get you moving. No acronym there, Right? Just an idiom that we like using. So, starting in 2 Timothy, this is, I, I love this passage. I love this a lot more when I was young because I felt like Timothy most of the time. And Timothy, in my mind, was this very young, very nervous kid. All right? Uh, thus, when Paul says, Hey, Timothy, dude, you got some issues. How about drink a little wine because, dude, you need to chill out. Relax. It's okay. I walk because it's nervous energy. Y'all scare me. I am a nervous little kid, or at least I used to be. So when I see this, when I see Timothy, I can envision very easily what is going on here. I almost want to pick on Ed here a little bit more because I can. 
It's almost like I can feel like Ed, even back then if I knew him, would be like, Billy, let me tell you a few things. Let me embrace and and impart some knowledge and some wisdom to you like you're going to go do for Joel. That is one fortunate young couple. Can I come to Hawaii and hang out with you? (laughs) Hey, there's some military guys over there at Nice Jesus. So if you engage them... Uh, tell them I sent you. They won't have any idea who I am, but that's okay. <laughs> because the military needs some Jesus. So there's Timothy and, and Paul. And Paul's wanting to say, I need to encourage you, Timothy, because you're, you're entering into and you're in service of the Lord. And here's a reality that you have to grab hold of. And even in the beginning of this book... He is going to tell Timothy, embrace the suck. Okay, it's not the words he uses, but he says something like endure hardship. Timothy, if you're going to serve the Lord, it is going to be hard. You're going to need to sacrifice. You are going to enter into a realm of of difficulty There is a part of me in my mind is that when believers start whining about how hard it is, that my heart almost breaks because I want to tell them, embrace the suck, dude. There is nowhere in Scripture that says if you're going to follow the Lord that it's going to be really rosy and nice. I hear all kinds of things about, hey, if you claim me, the world's going to hate you. Duh. People are offended by the name of Jesus. They get a little fired up about that. Should we be like concerned or worried or like, ah, no. The Lord said, be encouraged by that. Embrace that reality. And so Paul is telling Timothy here, hey, my son, my child, my spiritual offspring, be strong. Don't be strong in your own strength. I'm an old guy. I told you that. I was a 30-year-old private. Okay, 30-year-old private is really hard when everybody around me is 18, 17, 19. (laughs) Even my drill sergeants were like 24, 25. And here's this old guy. And I'm still doing the push-ups. I'm still doing the run. I'm still doing all this crazy stuff, climbing up stuff, rolling through stuff, going through mud, doing all the things that privates do. Every veteran in here just had a flashback right there. <laughs> I just, all I need to say is drill sergeant, and everybody's kind of like, to this day, I'm an officer now, a senior officer at that. I see somebody with a brown round hat, my palms start sweating. (laughs) But you can't do it in your own strength. He tells Timothy here, don't do it in your own strength. Do it in the grace of Christ Jesus. I prayed. I had a lot of people praying for me when I was going through all that training. More so when I was really in the suck. And those wonderful adventures I had in the Middle East, 
Because I couldn't do it on my own. As a 30-year-old private, there's no way I was going to do it on my own. As a matter of fact, every night there was a group of us back in the day when you had to polish boots. Now, I know I gave everybody flashbacks right there. We sit around with our Bibles open, polishing boots, reading Scripture, and praying together. And we knew we were having an impact when some of our brothers that weren't so God-focused, when they come by and they say, hey, guys, we, will you pray for me tonight? That's pretty awesome. So, yeah, because we know you can't do it on your own. You can't live this life. You can't follow Christ. You can't go through even the freest of nations when it comes to religious freedom if you try to do it in your own strength. I certainly cannot survive the Pentagon in my own strength. Tried that. Failed miserably. Wasn't pretty. So, therefore, my child, my children... I'm not quite old enough to say that, but I'm getting close. Be strong, but be in strength that is the Lord's. And the next thing I want you to do is, is the things that you heard, the things that you observed, the things that you watched me do, pass it on. Pass it on to somebody else. Who's going to pass it on to somebody else? Now, here's a fascinating thing that sometimes may get messed up in our heads. How much courage does that take? How much courage does it take for a leader to stand up and kind of go, hey, I want you to do what I do. Now, I, again, am going to fall back on my drill sergeants, all right, because they're fun to pick on. I can do that now. My drill sergeants. Uh, there were some mean dudes. Uh, that's, that's putting them mildly, all right? You know it's going to be bad when the very first night, when they all have, are all sitting around and we're kind of talking, and they kind of go, okay, who's going to be offended here if I swear? <laughs> be that private, right? Say, hey, Joe Sergeant, yeah, that's going to bug me. What's going to happen for the next 10 weeks? <laughs> yeah, I've kind of like, this is going to be fun. Now, I'm always, the smile, drill sergeants didn't like my smile, but they didn't realize what I was smiling about. For one thing, I'm just a very happy guy. I mean, I have the Lord, which is awesome. But I was really smiling. Those of you, I told you about my stepdad and my mom being heathens. The drill sergeants, what they were throwing at me was absolutely nothing of what my stepdad gave me when I was five years old. So I was smiling because I was like, drill sergeants, is that all you got? But those drill sergeants stood up every day in front of a whole bunch of privates saying, you want to be a soldier? You do what I do. You listen to what I say. I'm going to tell you exactly what to do. And they did. They told me how to walk. They told me how to talk. They told me how to think. They told me how to crawl. Matter of fact, if I didn't crawl low enough, they'd kick you in the head. They taught me everything. How much courage does that take? I might make a mistake. Yeah, you might. I might say something wrong. Yep, you might. Drill sergeants didn't back off, though. I wish they would have backed off. They didn't back off. They stood up with courage in a very loud voice and would tell me every day, this is what it looks like to be a soldier. 
You want to be like me. Minus the language. Can we have that same courage? Can you look left and right, front and back, and go, do you want to, you want to know what it looks like to be a child of God? Watch me. Listen to me. And then go on and pass it on to others. That's exactly, this is Timothy to Paul, or excuse me, flip that. Paul to Timothy, but Timothy was to go and do it to other folks. Who were going to do it to for other folks? Guess what? We're other folks. It takes a lot of courage to kind of go, follow me. Do what I do. Hear what I say. And then repeat it. Are you always going to get it right? Nope. Are you going to make mistakes? Yep. Are you going to have the courage to do it anyway? That's the real question. And I challenge you. I want to put that fire under your four-point of contact to say, do it anyway. I love that Ed shared that, a part of his life, that he now gets that privilege of continuing this cycle. Is he going to get it all right? Probably not. Is he going to make mistakes? Yep. Is he going to do it anyway? Suffering for Jesus in Hawaii. <laughs> it's a little warm over there, Ed, though. Kind of humid. Been there once. That was my good boy once. Do it anyway. Disciple. Pour into somebody else's life. Is it going to all look the same? No. I had four drill sergeants. Five. I had one Christian one. It was kind of cool. They were all different. They all kind of did things different. Uh, one of the ones I remember was we had a little... Uh, Latino drill sergeant, about this tall, all right? Kind of quiet, kind of scared me because, you know, little quiet killers, kind of scary. Cause, you know, he had all of his stuff on his badge, and you're like, he's not screaming at me. What's, is he going to punch me in the throat? What's he doing? It's just, he always set me off. I was always kind of nervous around him. We had one that was really loud, just all the time screaming. He wasn't near as scary as a little guy. But everybody had their own style, your own way, their own way of doing business. But they were all kind of consistent when what they were trying to teach us. I didn't have one that was trying to tell me something different than the other. Well, we have a manual, and basically that's what they do, right? Drill sergeants, they go through a manual. Actually, lots of them. They can quote them. It's kind of scary. We got one, too. Yep, mine's digital now. Beautiful thing about that is... is I can actually read it, even without these. Okay, not so good. <laughs> but we have a manual. What are we sharing? Good ideas? No, we're sharing the manual. Just do it. So when you're doing that, then he goes on to really the, the next part of it, which is really, the, in my heart, is kind of the crux here. Where he says, embrace the suck with me. 
Endure hardship with me. Embrace the suck together. Let me tell you a few things about you know, life in the military. And I keep referring back to my private days, but it's because it's fun. And drill sergeants, we all can kind of identify that if you ever put uniform on. Because we have a process in the military, and everybody goes through it, where the military has to take a civilian and has to teach them how to be in the military. I use the word indoctrinate. That's probably a safe way of saying it. Because taking somebody who their instinct is somebody shooting over there, I think I will go this way. When in the military... It's like somebody's shooting over there. Let's go find out why. Becoming a military member means you have to change how you think. Basically, what is happening is, is that every time someone is being turned in from the civilian into the military, it is a process by which they are being trained to embrace the suck together. Because military life is hard, difficult. Because here's what is going to happen. They start you in basic training with you know, hundreds of your best friends, and they put you through hell for a number of weeks because they want you to be able to bond together they create this environment where they're going to put you through every possible stress you can, you can imagine, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And they're going to test you, and they're going to try you, and they're going to do everything they can to break you so that you are strengthened when you actually have to get into the real suck when somebody's shooting at you. Because when somebody's shooting at you, you can't go into your normal instinct. You have to almost overcome your normal instinct to run so that you can advance on that person shooting at you so that you can progress in your mission. What person in their right mind wants to go chasing people who's shooting at them? Cops and soldiers. We're a little messed up in the head. Why? Because even cops have to go through a basic training experience to offset what is our normal, natural instinct. But we do it together. I never had to, every time that I was in the, in the suck, I could look left and right, and there's my buddies also in the suck. And I'm doing this because I'm literally thinking about the time I got to crawl through the mud. It was awesome. Up to, my, up to here in water. It literally was an amazing experience. Things were blowing up all over the place. It was awesome. And everybody around me was doing the same thing. We did this all together, all the time. Everything. When you're in the military, there is a sense of pride that you're a part of something else. I can say to my brothers serving here that were in the uniform, they get me. They understand what I understand. Civilians don't always understand that. Growing up, I kept seeing these things called VFWs, American Legions, and I was always scratching my head and going, what's the big deal about those things? 
I get what the big deal is about those things. It is a gathering place of like-minded people. They're all screwed up. Because they went through the suck together. And they understand each other. I'm going to... I'm gonna, one of the things, in, in the, at least in the army tradition, is... is I can't really see it over there now. We call it the right shoulder club. We wear a combat patch. If you ever go to combat with a unit, you wear their unit patch. That's the one-on-one, baby. Most recognized patch in the world, I'm just saying. I'm a little proud of being in that division. What this means is, is that I could walk into anywhere, especially if there's other, you know, people who bleed green like me, army, they see that, they know I've been in the suck. There's an automatic connection there that we are brothers together, brothers and sisters together in some very hard places. It might have been in the jungles of Vietnam. It might have been in the mountains of Korea. Or it might have been in the desert of the Middle East somewhere. Doesn't matter. I was in the suck. I've earned the right to be heard and to hear. There's a respect that goes with that. I want to encourage, while I'm in that topic, just for a moment, as we're talking about embracing this suck together. Because as a nation, we're in the middle of a crisis. I haven't figured it out yet, right? Among our veterans. Far too many are choosing to end their life because they are no longer able to embrace the suck with someone else. They're isolated, misunderstood, and have nowhere to turn, at least in their own minds. They're struggling with some demons that most of us don't have any idea about. If I can be transparent, only for the sake of hopefully allowing other people to be transparent, I was one of those guys. I vividly remember being in a Walmart, and an incredible rage came over me. Because a sweet grandma in front of me was taking a little too long. And everything within me wanted to pounce that poor grandma. Can I be that transparent? Because of some stuff that I embraced a little too closely. Now, because we do this together, I went and got some help. There was a chaplain. A chaplain. And this, by the way, is when I was a chaplain. Probably what you don't want to hear, you know, when your pastor's trying to beat up grandmas. Not a good idea. (laughs) But I had another chaplain to walk me through and discover why was I having such a struggle. Well, really what it boiled down to was is I did not share my story. And what I did was is that I had an experience in the combat zone that I removed God from. I had divorced the idea that God could be in such a horrible place. Is God ever not somewhere in our world? In every experience, in everything we do, no matter how horrible, no matter how fantastic and excellent, God is there. Here's my encouragement, especially to my brothers and my sisters who have served Share your story. You may have buried something for 50 years. It's like a cancer. It's still there. You've got to get it out. 
For one thing, we don't want you beating up grandmas in Walmart. What really we want is for you to heal, to be a whole person. We don't want you to be isolated and alone because you're not alone. Because we embrace the suck together. Now, I told Reg I was going to do this. I'm going to throw him under the bus. Reg is very unique in a lot of ways. I should have got an email out of that. He's your all's pastor. <laughs> Reg didn't, he, hasn't, he didn't serve in the military, but he served a lot of military members, uh, especially prior to coming here. Most of the time, people who are in that right shoulder club, we really don't like talking to people who weren't. For one thing, we don't want to share the ugly of what we have to do and had to do with people who have no concept, no way of understanding, no markers to, to bring meaning to it. Reg is one of those exceptions. So if you're a veteran here or even online, or even if you in, in, encounter someone, um, have them reach out to Reg. Tell your story. Let me tell you something about PTSD. The number one way of coming to grips with PTSD is to relive those moments that were so horrific. It's telling your story. And you tell your story, and you tell it again, and you tell it as many times as you possibly can until you take the abnormal of combat operations and you make it normal in your own head. And folks... It is more than just an emotional problem. It's a spiritual. Matter of fact, there's a whole study now that's called moral injury where people are wrestling with where they had to make moral judgments in a combat zone that left them injured. So I encourage you. I promise not to be as serious, but this is a very serious thing. And do not be offended, especially family members you know, when Uncle Joe just won't talk about his military service, he's probably not going to. Give him Reg's phone number. Throw him under the bus. All us fellas, tell him to call the Pentagon, ask for Billy Graham. They won't have any idea who I am either, but that's okay. I would love to hear their stories. It is a valuable thing. Now, for you who are believers... Do you think there's some value in exactly what I'm sharing? Because here's the beauty of it. Paul told Timothy, embrace that suck. Endure the hardship. But don't do it alone. When you're walking and you're living out your faith, it's all in community. So when you're going through a difficult time, you don't have to do it alone. Sometimes it baffles me in the Christian realm where we feel like that we have to be all smiles and all like, man, this is awesome. No, it's not. It sucks. I work in the Pentagon. It sucks. But I embrace that because there I have an opportunity to have impact worldwide and long-term impact where you live and breathe where you work where you go to school where you hang out the people you engage 
You have opportunities there. And sometimes it just sucks because people are difficult, right? Some of them are just really hard-headed. Duh. That's okay. The Lord said, just love them anyway. Thanks be to God that there were some people who loved me when I was completely unlovable. Because here's another confession. I was that kid that you would never let your kids play with. Guaranteed. Heathen. Somebody embraced the suck to love me and tell me about Jesus. I really wish we as a church had a way to kind of put them combat stripes on. Because as I look around and some of the lives, I don't know your stories, but my gut says that you've endured some things. You've been in the suck. You've had some hard times when you kind of stood up for your faith. Where you had to kind of just kind of grit your way through just some hardness of life. Inner city Philadelphia, you got a few war stories there. That should have a big old combat patch right there. But you all have, right? It's okay. The Lord says, suffer hardship and do it as a good soldier. Was Timothy a soldier? Nope. Do you know what a soldier was? You guaranteed. They saw Roman soldiers everywhere. The most deadly, most disciplined, most incredible fighting force before America. (laughs) Got that right. And guess what? Guess what our military is based upon? Romans. Guess where the Brits got it? From the Romans. So they saw it. He saw what a good soldier looked like. He knew when one was disciplined, where one was focused, one who knew how to do their job well. And he told Timothy, Timothy, I want you to do that too. Now let me tell you a few things about what it means to be a soldier. And I am saying there more, excuse me if I use that term general, because I know we have sailors in here. We may have a Marine. Yeah, I can't pick on Marines. That will crush me. We have some airmen in here, and it won't be long until I'm going to start saying Space Forcemen. I don't think they came up with their term yet. They're working on it, which is way cool. I wanted it so bad to be the first chaplain for the Space Force. You know how cool that would be? Because their emblem looks like Star Trek, right? I thought, man, yeah, I could do that. Preach the gospel in space. Why not? Let's do this. But being a soldier, there's, there's some interesting aspects about it, all right? Especially as, as, an, as an officer. As an officer, I have to be apolitical, which means I am not authorized to have a political opinion one or the other. As a soldier, I have to give up rights in order to serve. I have to be disciplined in how I conduct myself. I have to be a little more concerned about 
We're less concerned about everyday things and more concerned about the big picture things. A good soldier is not concerned about everyday stuff. We're more concerned about bigger things. Sometimes when you're in the combat operations, you're really just focused on how do I survive today? You don't really worry about who in the world's in the White House. You worry about left and right, who are my buddies, how do I get through this together to get back home? Then it's about that. This passage, I probably could go on and on, and I've just realized that I have been talking forever. But there is so much more about this passage. I just want to give you a final thought, okay? If you know the Lord, if you have put your trust in Christ, then you are already in his army. I have thought many times how to develop a boot camp for believers. And then my sick little mind goes to some strange places. Because what would I want to see people go through so that they could learn to embrace the suck when they got into the hard things of life? Because that's what basic training is there to do, right? Is to help us embrace the hard things so when we actually got there, we wouldn't fold, we wouldn't become undisciplined. We would just embrace that and go, this is cool. Matter of fact... Soldiers are more apt to go, that was too easy. I want a real challenge. That didn't suck enough. Give me some more suck. Told you we're sick in the men and people. So what would it take as a believer to steal you against the things that it means to follow Christ? Maybe I'd have somebody challenge your faith, say nasty and crazy things about Jesus. Would that torque you off a little bit? Because you have to be disciplined in that. But what if they believe differently than you? They still claim to be a Christian, but it was really kind of a weird kind of take on it. Would that kind of set you off? Or what if they really didn't believe this crazy thing called the Bible, and that's just kind of old stories anyway? What does that really look like? Or what if we just had somebody scream at you, obscenities? Would that do something for you? Or maybe worse yet... And here's the hardest part. Maybe I have some people in your own family that turn their back on you because you are trusting Christ. Or the hardest thing is that somebody in your own church family attack you because you're taking a stand for the Lord. That is all too real. As a matter of fact, most of the pain that believers get is from their own church family. Yeah, that ain't going to preach. I know I wouldn't get amen out of that one. That is a reality. But here's my encouragement and my far. I told you I'm from West Virginia. Embrace the suck. Don't do it together. You have a wonderful family here. Encourage one another. You're in it together. So don't beat each other. Love each other. Even if you don't agree with each other, it's okay. You can still encourage, pat them on the head, pat them on the back, be there for them. Hear their story. If you're a veteran, I urge you, absolutely urge you, tell your stories. 
It really is critical. Even if you don't want to tell your family because they're very ugly stories that you don't want anybody else to find out about, that's okay. That's why you have Reg. He'll hear you. Here's the cool thing. As a chaplain, I have absolute confidentiality. We call it a sacred communication. Reg has the same thing. You can tell him crazy old things and ugly things. He can't tell a soul. How cool is that? So I urge you, tell your stories, get rid of the cancer. Lord, we just thank you so much. We thank you that you are a great God. We thank you that you don't leave us in this thing we call the suck, the hardness, the challenges, the tough things of life all by ourselves. You're in the midst of it with us. But Lord, not only are you there, you've encouraged us all as we do this together, that we encourage one another, that we empower one another, that we disciple one another as we move on and move forward, as we take on your mission for us, sharing you to the people around us. Lord, I pray for this church. I pray that you will continue to just light their fire so that they become that beacon of hope right here in Warsaw. Lord, that they're reaching out, that they're sharing you, that they're encouraging, especially in our veteran community who, who struggle at times. Lord, that you'll give them a heart of love. And Lord, we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.